0: Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm joined here with Maura Cassidy. Hi there. Hi there. Today we're going to be talking about living in a world of uncertainty. You can understand why we're going to be talking about that because let's face it, we're all living in a world of uncertainty.
1: Absolutely. Um, I suppose, well, let's be honest. Since lockdown in March. Um, We could have done
0: this podcast in May.
1: We could have done it in May. But you know what? I'm glad we didn't because Mm. we've got tremendous wisdom after the last six months, I (laughs) hope. But um, the truth is there are lots of realities of COVID by which, well, which we're now pretty familiar with, which we didn't know back in May. And um, I think it's good to actually call them out because sometimes we just think we're not managing, we're not doing it right, and that's why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. But the truth is, I think um, the first thing I suppose about uncertainty is inertia, you know, is that um, we can feel what's the point planning. You know, Mm. um, well you can't plan anything. Well, anything you plan is doomed to to be cancelled. Yeah. So um, sometimes the feeling can be, well, let's just wait till COVID is over, Mm. until there's more certainty. Tiredness. You know, Mm. we're going. We're in the winter months now. We've hit November, um, but also the constant adapting to change guidelines, restrictions, all that kind of planning social distancing, masks, etc. So it's pretty relentless. And, um, and I think that's why it's good to say, well, we are officially living in a world of uncertainty. It was always there before. Um, but the truth is now it's probably more in our face. Mm. And I think the first thing I suppose is really helpful to realise is that the past is the only thing we can be certain of, mm-hmm. um, which I think we all find kind of fascinating. You know, do you ever find the way you think about the past? You know, I, I get every so often. Get one year ago, you took these photos. You know, and you're, yeah, you
0: get that on your phone all the time. All I never the time. get those, things. and it like
1: glorifies the past and it's these lovely warm memories of nostalgia. I'm going, oh, why can't I be on Dunleary Pier again? Even though I'm on it every week, you know. <laughs> but of course, it looks different because it's co- it's it's not COVID. Yeah. Um. So I think it's because the past has happened and we sort of edit out all the bad bits, you know, the bits that were painful or was that going to work or the insecurity or that was a bit of a bad moment. And we just look at it thinking, well, at least, you know, it's done and dusted. Whereas the future is uncertain. And, and that's, that's a bit we need to accept, you know, because um, that's our reality. You know, Mm. we can't insure ourselves against the future, against life itself. Um, And that's very uncomfortable you know, to be constantly wondering what our life will look like in a month, in six months, in a year. We're always worrying about the future, especially when there's a sense of there's some sort of suffering looming ahead. And let's face it, now more than ever, you know, we're unsure about so many things. Economically, we're unsure about things. Healthcare-wise, we're unsure about things. There's lots of things we're unsure of, and there isn't the sort of the usual perks
0: that we have. Yeah, like the relief, that you have with, you know, looking forward to holidays or looking forward to a concert or different markers of enjoyment, of peak enjoyment. Things are not there because everything has been cancelled. So absolutely. There's and nothing think, like even Christmas now just doesn't Christmas seem... Christmas online. Yeah, Christmas online <laughs> just doesn't seem that enjoyable, you know.
1: But then I think that's the fascinating thing, you see, because I was thinking about this. Why do we let uncertainty steal our peace and our joy, you know? Why, you know, because um, life really is uncertain. Like that's that's the truth. Is it? It is, though. It is uncertain. This is
0: a macro level, you know, pandemic. That's true. You know, if you look back on the Spanish plague, you know, the Spanish flu. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and you you read up about that, you kind of go, you know, huge suffering. You know, so it's natural that we're going to have to accept that as a reality. I, you know, I, I think, I don't know. Living in uncertainty is is not uh, is not the
1: norm. No, I so suppose this degree of uncertainty is not the norm. Yeah, but at the same time, it's funny. The the tr- the very truth about it is, we can't. We can plan a certain amount for the future, but the future in itself is uncertain.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: stuff can happen to each one of us that we weren't planning. Yeah, totally. know, A loved one could mm-hmm. pass away or we could lose our job or we could have health issues yeah, or yeah. whatever but the truth is that one of four things usually happen not all four at once but I think because the situation now is particularly uncertain it does give us a moment for thought and to ponder about well who are we and why are we here in the first place mm. and that's why I think it's opportunity to have this podcast because what are the keys to living well in uncertainty mm-hmm. um, because we are called to be joyful you know so how do we do that and I think our lives can be spent wishing for certain outcomes, you know, wishful thinking. Before there were, you know, we wished for certain things, we did what we needed to do and we pretty much got them. Whereas now everything seems like wishful thinking. Mm. Um, And again, I suppose that's understandable that we wish for certain outcomes, you know, but it's like a panacea sometimes because it does give us a sense of, you know, feeling good that things will work out. But that's not really going to help us win through on the journey of life, I would think. Because we need security built on more than that. You know, we need to have true, I would suggest, true hope to walk in confidence. And, okay. and true hope is, isn't just a hope this works out. Um, it's, a, it's a sort of a, a sense that the desire for enduring happiness and to live our lives walking in that direction, you know. Enduring modern,
0: happiness being internal, hap- internal yeah, happiness. Yeah, it's a
1: very much an inside job, obviously. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so obviously,
0: but I um, hope... I'll make that obvious. Yeah, so you at don't you don't pin your hopes on the externals,
1: yeah, or certain okay. things working out. So no matter what happens, I'll be okay. It's about hoping in a future I can trust. You mm-hmm. know, um, so I think that's really important. Um, and then the whole idea of placing our faith in someone, not something. Um, and in a world of insecurity, you know, it is important. Okay, where we're being led, but also who's doing the leading and i think in the judeo christian um, tradition you know we have the big patriarchs like abraham moses and jonah and so many others who walked according to a very deep faith a true sense of faith because they they decided to put their trust in god now and that faith wasn't learned it it was something god given you know god said you know to abraham pretty much you know, take up tools, leave the equivalent of Las Vegas of the time, and go <laughs> and go to a desert. You know, yeah, yeah, and then, okay, right. God, you've asked, I'll do. Um, faith um, is is what fuels us in times of fear and uncertainty, and it is more powerful than any other emotion than even fear. You know, and the beautiful thing about it when you have faith is that you do bring certainty to other people and to very chaotic environments. So. It's knowing at core um that we're we're able for whatever life brings. Um and again, as I said, in the Catholic tradition, well we have the sense, we're always being reminded anyway, that life is both pain and pleasure, it's opportunity, it's challenge, it's birth and death, you know. There's a season for everything. Um, it's not for us to decide what our season's going to be, but just to embrace whatever comes mm-hmm. our way. Um, and I suppose at the moment what we're embracing is our little isolation in our homes, trying to protect ourselves from
0: this little virus. Um, yeah, I was thinking the other day actually about nature in that regard, because, I mean, okay, I don't know when we started putting into place the calendar and the clock and, you know, and before then people just looked at nature as their reference point you know sunrise sunset you know leaves turning brown you know and the 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 pace of life was possibly much slower so the whole element of technology and the whole tightening of our reality has made it harder for us to accept change yeah I think. that's a very interesting way you've become more rigid in a way yeah you want everything to be yeah almost programmed yeah yeah
1: well like I, there's, and a, that's very
0: stifling actually and no wonder there's so much anxiety in our world because it's it's very demanding on a human yeah. person you know
1: well you're always trying to put things in place if so they mm. work out in a particular way well it's interesting you say that because um there's the writer Stephen Boulivant, um, he wrote something, Catholicism and COVID, <clears throat> which was really interesting because he said that COVID has forced us to confront a truth that we know in our bones, mm. but that we sort of typically choose to sort of cover up and overlook, which is essentially that we're contingent. Yeah. And what's that really way of, a fancy way of saying that everything in our experience is actually unstable. Everything comes into being and it passes out of being. And yet we do not like to face that. Mm. You know so in a bizarre kind of a way the fact that all of this as you say we've become so detached from our world from the natural cycles of life from the yeah. seasons you know pretty much autumn is just about the selfies that i take of the leaves and not quite but you know we do appreciate these things but we don't depend on nature in the same way as maybe our predecessors mm. did in fact we don't really depend on many things apart from our technology and i think what the pandemic has taught us to do certainly i would experience it is it taught us to to depend more on people actually yeah. and the need that we have to engage with each other and I'd have to say a lot of people would say it's helped them to go deeper and to ask questions well why did I do why did I work in a particular way before why yeah, I I was my family on the periphery sometimes I think well
0: obviously this uh, terrible weight on us with regards to the pandemic I think it, it you know it plays into how we feel physically as well you know sometimes we're very tired or you know we're lacking motivation and naturally this would happen because of the situation we're in but at the same time i think the pandemic at a positive level has allowed us to k- kind of excuse ourselves to step outside the realm of what it, what society expects of us or expects of us or what we expect of ourselves mm. and just step outside and step on the sidelines and look at our life mm. you know and say god yeah i really was on a treadmill um whether it's wrong or right you know mm. but it it um It's given us permission, which is is a great blessing, really, I think.
1: And it's funny, actually, because I I picked up something the other day and it had the front of it, okay, it's a psalm, okay, but it says, be still and know that I'm God, you know, and it's just such a consoling psalm, be Mm. still, know that I'm God. Mm. It's kind of like just, you know, I'm in charge. And even something on a spiritual level, like, you know, you talk there about, say, humanly, we step back and we go, where am I in this treadmill? But even I was just considering... um, the prayer of the Our Father, you know. Um, and it is, okay, after all, it's a prayer Jesus taught us. So when, when he asks us, when the, when the apostles asked him to teach us how to pray, this is the prayer he taught them. So it does warrant a bit of our attention, let's be honest. And I have to say, on reading it, I realize that nine of the ten statements in the prayer are all about God's actions. So the ball is firmly in his court. Hmm. You know, it's like the best of meetings. You know when you leave a meeting and you've one thing to do? You know? <laughs> and everybody and else has 50. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like the dele- uh, delegation. day okay? yeah, You just yeah. have to send one little email, which you'll do in two minutes. Well, the Our Father is like the prayer of delegation. Is where you go, God, you know what, you know, all those things I said I was going to do and that I'm responsible for, they're over to you. Because we've only one actionable point, in, if you want to call it that way, yeah. in the our Father, which is as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, forgiveness is a pretty big deal, so I don't want to undermine that. But at the same time, everything else is about God being God and his will being done, which of course is up to him and in a small part up to us. Mm. But if we just it took a moment to reflect though. on mm. that, you know, it's sort of living in uncertain times is really about passing back to God what's God's and accepting our part and rejoicing in the fact of being what would look to a modern audience like blatantly irresponsible in some respects. Or uh,
0: a passivity, you know. Yeah. yeah. silly passivity, yeah.
1: And then I think it's also that thing of wisdom, you know, um, because I think somebody once said that if you're wise, you'll think and you plan for the future, okay? But if we're even wiser we should be able to let go of those plans when we need to. Mm. And that's not easy. And I think in, in circumstances like now where we're in a crisis, in inverted commas, there are great opportunities there. And um, and sometimes we just don't see them coming because we don't have that wisdom to sort of go, are my plans really essential, you know? Um,
0: and it's ha- not great opportunities in the sense, because I've heard, you know, different people say, or articles, uh you know, saying this is a great opportunity to upskill professionally, to improve yourself humanly. And you're like, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a break. You know what I mean? Like I've had enough of CPDs and, you know, all of a sudden now I have to, you know, improve myself in multiple ways and learn a new language. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, and that's totally right and legitimate if you're (laughs) feeling sort of overwhelmed. But I think almost... we're transferring what is the, like our society's expectations onto, we're in the middle of... Pandemic, And now yeah. you're going to, you know, even more yeah. intensely painful than yeah. you are already because it's you're kind of, going to because you know-it-all at the end of yeah.
1: it all. Well, that's true. I would put it in a different way maybe is that maybe instead of um, discipling our fears, maybe standing guard at the door of our mind, you know, so that wise to the challenge that faces us, maybe, you know, what do the saints do? You know, regardless of what was happening on around them, they knew who they were Mm. and why they were here on on this earth. They, They didn't always, you know, they wobbled a bit, they made mistakes, they had failures. But we have that same capacity, you might say, for strength. And there's a part of each one of us that is strong. And I think it's good for us um, to call upon that, you know, um, uh, that's courageous in the face of fear, um, that doesn't put excuses. um, And also just to step forth to be the person you're made to be. Now, this isn't just a rah-rah for a positive, you know, um, self-thinking or self-awareness. It's more a case of, I suppose, a thing of realizing that the change isn't skin deep. It's not about upskilling on the outside. It's on the inside. You okay. know, a change of attitude, a change of mind, and obviously, the Catholic tradition. We have what we need really in the sacraments. We have the grace through prayer and confession and Holy Communion. Obviously, at the moment because we're doing it all online, blah blah. But the truth is, God acts through those mediums as well. And yeah, he, we, you know, it's fair to say it is mm. fair to say. I think, <laughs> and I, I think the point there is um, God's life within us. Grace is so important because. God God's life within us through the sacraments and through prayer gives us the real insights in our own condition, that we are dependent and we should be okay with that. Mm. We do our bit. God is accompanying us. He's not taking control over our lives, but the truth about it is we are dependent. Uh, And I think it's also the other side of that, of course, is um, that as Christians, as we walk the streets, the 5K streets (laughs) of our locality, we need to know that we're God's medicine for the world. So You know, there is certainty that we need to place in other people's lives in a time of uncertainty is the fact that we're committed to them. You know? Yeah. And we are responsible for other people, not just people in our own family, but people maybe in our community who are needy, more needy right now or Yeah,
0: you do see lonely people.
1: You do. I and do, also yeah. even just, you know, we can get a we we can get away to a certain point with the WhatsApp house things and a few emojis and memes about COVID. But I think, you know, mm. that's never really satisfying. It's reaching out to people, how are you? Mm. You know, how how are you
0: finding things? Um Or even the whole thing I think is happening more as people are writing letters and posting them and on post has done this thing now that you can you know send a letter free to a nursing home or and i think all those things are very helpful yeah and i think just understand the priority of the person above and beyond everything else yeah and i
1: think it's a thing of giving yourself permission to take the time to do those things you know Mm. that those to be intentional about it that is valuable um, and that people who change people people are people who change the world. Technology changes elements of things or how we do things, but it's people who change the world. And. Mm-hmm. Um, and as people who've overcome adversity are the ones who can inspire us and help us to understand how we can make the journey easier for others. You know, getting involved with other people, taking on their life scenarios. Because it's also true that we're the ones who really benefit from that. Yeah, I see. You know, yeah. because it, other people's lives gives us perspective on our own. Like how many conversations have you had with different people about, oh my God, this COVID thing is relentless. I had a really bad week last week. And you just go, God, so did I. And then you feel your shoulders resting and you're going, of, God, yeah, what did you do? And you have a bit of a laugh about it. Um, and I think that's just really, really important you know, giving ourselves a sense of value and meaning outside of the circumstances Mm. and I think that's hugely important. Um, The other thing as well I think, the living the now because the now is ours okay, now, John Paul II St. John Paul II was a big fan of this you know, I have a little quote that I frequently look at these days which is, remember the past with gratitude live the present with enthusiasm and look forward to the future with confidence So there's the living the present with enthusiasm bit and the confidence for the future. And I think that's helpful for us to think of. You know, when we come out of COVID, when we come out of the pandemic... You know, we just have longer hair and more wrinkles in our face. It's really depressing. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because you we... didn't get to the hairdressers before. Thanks for reminding me. Nobody can see long that, so main. it's fine. <laughs> but the point about it is, is that it, this period is a springboard. Like it mm-hmm. is God. God has allowed this to happen because more good can come out of this, bizarrely enough, than without it, mm. which we will never understand until the end of time.
0: Yeah, I remember somebody saying uh, last week, or like you can only, you can only add value to the present. And I think that's not value, not in the sense of monetary value Mm. or or even value of kind of improvement value, but just, just your life, only is real in the present, like mm. in the day. So, and it's it's hard to do that, you know, it's hard to discipline yourself to not think of the past and not think of the future and just realize I have today, you know. But well, particularly
1: yeah. if your job, you're on a bit of a treadmill, you know, you're working from home and you're already... On or you're its worried about something. Eight, you're worried um, about in the morning, something, yeah. Exactly, or mm. you've, you know, whatever it is, mm. and you have meetings all into the hours of the night, whatever your situation is... You know, when you're grabbing a sandwich with two monitors in front of you, you know, it can be hard. Mm. But um, I think in that is, is it's sometimes too helpful to think that our now is what, as you said there, really is the springboard to bring me to God and to make me better. And when my everyday work is interesting and engrossing, okay, maybe it's not that interesting, maybe it's not engrossing at the moment, but um, it is an opportunity really to 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 enjoy it if it's interesting and if it's boring well it's it's like a self gift you're saying okay look giving this over to you God or I'm giving this over I'm doing this as best as I can and um, and in this time of pandemic it's it's really important to focus on what's possible and how it's possible mm. as opposed to what's not possible because that can really yeah that was us. something
0: we talked about quite a bit I remember at one stage uh, because of of the restrictions you focus more on the restrictions than on what you can do. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's hard to change, change the that chip. chip. Yeah. yeah, it is. And um, and that's where I think, you
1: know, like even if you were to think about it, in your average work day, okay, you go, some people said to me, well, I work, you know, I'm really busy at the moment and I was before COVID. So my social life had sort of shrunk. Mm. But it's the fact that we can't do you know, certain things mm. that it's highlighted more. But I, th- I think in all of this is to value what we do Mm. And to do as well as we can. And while the virus has slowed us down and it certainly has made life slightly more complicated, um, you'd hope that we'd all have, suppose, opened our eyes to the people around us and to want to care for them as a real priority. Mm. You know, and I think that's that's just really, really different. And fostering that desire and, you know, always reminding yourselves, but this is
0: important. This is the important to do, thing to do right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, I read this
0: thing uh, last week from Cal Newport which I found very helpful, actually, because he was talking about productivity and he said, look, productivity is not simply output, Mm. simply results. It's intentional living. So whatever you're doing intentionally is productive. Mm. And I think with with this whole thing of, you know, living in the present and adding value to your life to also at the moment of pandemic and COVID and things like that, of, of just giving yourself permission to not focus so much on output or on mm. results but to realize that this is an opportunity to reflect mm. and to think you know mm. just to give your give yourself the space to just be yeah you know and and then you encounter so much more richness in your life
1: yeah no i, I, I totally agree and i think within that it's funny you say that i think i remember reading something um I think it was Pascal said, the philosopher said that all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to something like, sit quietly in a room alone. Mm. And um, it's that whole idea of just learning to be with yourself and, yeah. and not needing others to affirm you from the outside in a funny kind of a way mm. um, and learning to wait. You know, I was even just before this podcast listening to a piece of music and I was like, oh, that's really nice. And it's called waiting. (laughs) And I thought it was really calming. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I'm not saying waiting in waiting rooms is the calming thing because you're always expecting to, you know, whatever you're, you're waiting for is problematic. But I have to say, you know, okay. Take, take a moment to look at the lives of the saints, for example. You know, this is the, mo- this is the month of the Holy Souls. And in the Catholic tradition, while well, the Holy Souls, we believe, they're in the waiting room mm. of heaven. Uh, and we can help them get into heaven, which is kind of cool. Um, and many people that we know maybe are in their midst um, and I think that's really helpful for us to think about that. I think it's actually really
0: helpful to visit a cemetery. <coughs> well, not like, you know, if you have to you visit a cemetery for to somebody you know, but in reality, like the other day I was walking through one. It's not that I walk through cemeteries all the time, obviously. Um, but, you know, the Holy Souls month of November and I thought, OK, let's let's live through. Let's walk through a cemetery. Anyway, um, so I was reading the tombstones, and I was kind of going, you know, this born at this date died at this date. Mm. And nothing else, maybe in loving memory. you know OK, there was one guy who said he was a judge. Well done <laughs> to him who got that engraved on his tomb. But it added incredible simplicity to it, yeah. because you're kind of thinking so what? like you know it's kind of that. that's it that's your life you yeah, know you'll take anything not you not re- from it, yeah. reducing it to, to that but because you're, you're lived in the memory of your friends and family but it does it does take away the importance of certain things that you have on your to-do list or, and I think you know it's quite therapeutic actually to walk through a cemetery not in the dark I did it at one stage in the dark and I swear I was petrified <laughs> I was like okay I'm going now yeah, yeah, bye yeah. Like bye scary, to all yeah. my holy souls I'm running out I'm running out but yeah, mm.
1: no, it's true. And they do say, you know, in the like good biographies of saints, they say they lived each day to the full or they mm. lived each day as if it was their last or their, you know, and I think that's very helpful. Like the other day I was reading something um, about Mary, like, you know, Jesus' mother. And um, like, it is quite striking, you know, she's like the witness of how to live uh, joyfully in uncertainty. You know, the key moment in her life was when she's asked to be the mother of God she asks, how's this going to happen? Not planning and get married. Don't worry, we'll sort that. And that's it. No more information, no guarantees for her future. Um, and what happens? You know, J- Joseph could have divorced her. She could have been maligned in the community. Then she ends up on a, on a donkey, heavily mm-hmm. pregnant on her way to Bethlehem in a, in, in a you know, in a, in a very crowded little space with animals Giving birth to Jesus. So the point about it is, and yet joy that there's all uncertainty, and yet joy is present. Yeah, you know, and um, you know the, the angel in the in the Annunciation didn't really reveal the details to her. There was no details. <laughs> can you, know, you send me? Can you send me a spreadsheet? Yeah, there was no assurances. There was no timeline. There was no to do list. There was no look. Don't you worry. You know, this is going to happen, but don't worry because God's got that covered. And there's, there by none the of way, that. I have to tell you about Egypt. Exactly. Yeah. Oh no, and then Herod on top of it. Mm-hmm. No, none mm-hmm. of that. So there was no uncertainties. The only certainty she had was that God was with her mm. and that she was in God's love.
0: Yes, yeah, fascinating. And I yeah. just
1: find that fascinating because in the midst of the uncertainty of the moment, she just said yes. Mm. Um, and I think that's a reminder to us that, you know, God is with us in everything, in every moment, and joy can be present because he's there. I know that sounds simplistic, but it doesn't get more complicated than that. Yeah, there's a great simplicity with the faith. Exactly. That can get overlooked sometimes yeah Yeah. and the now is ours and the future is ours if we do the now well Mm -hmm. very
0: good okay mora we're going to finish up now so thank you very much everyone for listening and uh we'll be back soon enough